Listener Production. All right, Sophie, today we're going to be playing with ChatGPT. Beautiful. AI language processor, if you haven't heard of it. Before we get onto that, I'm going to need a prompt from you. Maybe let's go for a knock-knock joke about a particular topic. So we're going to get ChatGPT to write us a knock-knock joke. Yeah. I would like a knock-knock joke about a pangolin. (laughs) Okay. All right, so I'm just going to type uh, into ChatGPT, tell me a knock-knock joke about a pangolin. The suspense is killing me, everyone. (laughs) ChatGPT has the knock-knock joke. Do you want to hear it, Sophie? I have never wanted to hear anything so much in my life. Okay, all right. I'm going to play the role of ChatGPT here. Okay, yep. Knock, knock. Who's there? Pango. Pango who? Pango Ling on your doorbell all day. Can you come out and play? (laughs) What does that even mean, ChatGPT? Another thing we can do if you want, we can do a haiku again on a topic of your choice. I'll get ChatGPT to write one. Okay, I would like a haiku about web browsers. Okay, (laughs) write me a haiku about web browsers. This is going to be scintillating stuff. (laughs) Okay, actually, I kind of like this. Okay, good. Browsing the web world, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, Windows to the world. That's so sweet. That's really good. That is way better than the knock-knock joke. Like, oh, no, the knock-knock that... joke was trash, <laughs> but that was a beautiful haiku. I think that's actually decent. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. It's episode two of our Artificial Intelligence mini-series, and today we're talking, you probably guessed it, Chat GPT, the AI chatbot that's taken the internet by storm. You'll learn exactly how the algorithm behind it works and why it does such a great job at spitting out facts, but also absolute nonsense. I chat to Cosmos Magazine journalist Evram Yazgin. Okay, Evram, so I've used ChatGPT a handful of times for different things. I've got it to write questions for innovation workshops when I need to sound intelligent and verbose about something I've got no idea about. but. Here's my question. Did the world really need ChatGPT? The fact of the matter is that we're still in the very early stages of AI research. Computer scientists are both just testing things out to see what's actually possible, what we can do. But they also do have clear goals in mind when this kind of technology can make life easier. If you haven't been following the latest with ChatGPT or don't know anything about it, here's a rundown. It was first launched by OpenAI, which is an AI research lab in San Francisco. ChatGPT in its current form was released to the public on November 30th, 2022, so last year. Mm -hmm. And essentially anyone can jump onto the website and request it to churn out something. For the most part, it'll feed something back to the user in a conversational way. And so the joke and the haiku we did earlier, they were pretty simple requests, but you can get much, much more specific than that. As a result, there's been a lot of discourse all across the globe. Some people have expressed very legitimate concerns about what it could potentially be used for or is already being used to do. Okay, so run us through this. What are the main things that people have been flagging 
So the biggest concerns have been around things like students using tools like this to produce their homework assignments, for example. Mm -hmm. But there are also more ominous issues like the potential for AI to be used to spread misinformation or share harmful and unsafe content. Realistically, I mean, this is kind of only the start. So there are a lot of questions around what else ChatGPT could be harnessed for. So I thought a good way to try and unpack what this could look like is to take a look at how ChatGPT works. Where do we even start trying to explain how ChatGPT works? First up, can we unpack what the GPT actually stands for? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good way to start this off. GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Basically, ChatGPT is built on a type of algorithm, namely another acronym, LLM, which stands for Large Language Model. An algorithm, by the way, is just a kind of digital recipe, a set of instructions for achieving a particular outcome. The ingredients for that recipe, and for AI in particular, are the data we provide. Yeah. So LLMs are a type of deep learning algorithm that tries to mimic the neural pathways in the human brain and mimic the way that we learn things. This means that they can recognize, summarize, translate, predict, and generate content, including images and text, like in the case of ChatGPT. And LLMs do this by pulling together huge amounts of data from the internet. But there's more to this process than just getting it to go through heaps and heaps of stuff. It also has to be trained into what to look for. Like at a ChatGPT school? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, we use the word train loosely because algorithms can't learn in the cognitive sense like a human does. There's no intelligence in AI, despite the name. But the algorithm can be tweaked to understand when the outcome it has produced is good or not. Taking the recipe analogy further, AI trainers can tell the AI if the ingredients, the data it used were the right ones, and if the dish it prepared, the output, tastes good or not. And they're trained by humans, obviously. So what happened with ChatGPT is there were a number of human AI trainers The trainers provided conversations in which they played both sides. So they would play as both the human user and the AI assistant. The trainer and AI-generated responses were mixed together and ranked to help the AI learn, in inverted commas, which responses were better in terms of both accuracy, but also which ones sounded most like natural human speech or writing. And so ultimately, this is what is going on behind the scenes and what leads to ChatGPT spitting out its answers based on one of your requests. Yeah. And one of the cool things is that it's actually an ongoing process. So users who are currently putting things into ChatGPT can also give their feedback to help improve the algorithm. So my partner baits it. He's like, what you've just told me makes no sense based on the logic of your previous argument. And then it just apologizes at him constantly. I feel so bad for it. I'm like, I know it's AI and it's not real, but it's like, leave that poor thing alone. It is trying to play tic-tac-toe and it doesn't get it. (laughs) That being said, Evram, like we sort of just touched on, if you mess around with it, maybe even for five minutes or so, you might start to see that some of the things it turns out don't make an awful lot of sense or sometimes make absolutely no sense at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's far from perfect and the creators acknowledge that too. Sometimes it's going to churn out some responses which are way off. Mm -hmm. So responses can be just flat out unhelpful and don't follow the instructions that you've put in. 
Sometimes they're not even interpretable, so answers come out and it's not only not easy to understand, but it's hard to gauge exactly how the model arrived at the answer it gave you. Like, where did it even get this from? (laughs) Sometimes it can include toxic or biased content as well, so it can potentially, like I said before, spread misinformation. And another interesting one is that it contains what the creators dub hallucinations. So basically sometimes it can make stuff up or, you know, it can reflect non-existent or incorrect facts. An AI hallucinating is just like a really weird thought. It is, and it's actually quite interesting. Uh, things like AI hallucinations give you an insight into how these algorithms work because it's a sign of kind of what the algorithm, the set of instructions are doing when it doesn't have the right ingredients or can't even determine which ingredients are correct. Sometimes AI chatbots will just make stuff up to fill in blanks in the data. We saw this earlier this year with a different chatbot. This one is from Google and it's called Bard. Basically, Google shared a GIF on their corporate updates page with Bard answering a question which asked, what new discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about? It then answered saying that Webb took the very first pictures of a planet outside of our solar system or an exoplanet. However, this just isn't true. Okay. The first exoplanet was imaged in 2004, like nearly 20 years before James Webb was even a thing. Whoops. So it's embarrassing it got it wrong, but it's even more embarrassing based on the fact that this was like the first question it ever answered. Okay, so we know it screwed up, but how did it sort of confidently come up with such an incorrect answer? Yeah, I mean, exactly what happened in this instance, I'm not entirely sure, but it appears as if the software was trying to fill in the gaps, maybe cut corners. I mean, it's not conscious. It hasn't been sitting in its room mulling over whether or not to say what it's saying. I sometimes think of AI like a toddler, which has all of the data in the world available to them. The toddler's not going to be able to make an ethical assessment of what's right or wrong or Mm -hmm. think critically about the data it finds or doesn't find. And so I think that's kind of what we saw here. It didn't have all of the information and it's not going to then get in trouble because it didn't have the right answer. So Evram, we've run through how ChatGPT spits out what it does. I want to look at the flip side. Is there any sort of societal good that could come from tech like ChatGPT, you know, other than getting it to churn out, you know, funny jokes or poems (laughs) or really terrible crochet patterns? (laughs) I mean, all of those things are good enough uh, as it is, if you ask me. But there are actually very good reasons to want AI chatbots to work. For one, they can assist with spelling and grammar checks. They can suggest things like synonyms. And as we've already seen, they can generate entire pieces of text. I mean, this could be useful for many things, but one thing which comes into my brain immediately is responding to emails and no-brainer work like that. I mean, imagine if you didn't have to reply to boring work emails all the time. hours in my day. (laughs) It really would. But it could also make writing a lot more accessible to people who struggle with language, such as those learning a new language or those with certain disabilities. I think ChatGPT is a case study for the good and maybe the not so good sides of AI. It's not all black and white. It's super gray at this point. Evram Yazgan is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Evram's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Next episode, 
the good, the bad, and the ugly of AI. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.